Normally it is our custom to provide only the Sunday worship service as part of our podcast or our online streaming feed. But this week being the week of Ash Wednesday, we have also included our Ash Wednesday service in its entirety. For those who are listening to the podcast, usually it is just scriptures and the sermon itself, but given the readings of the prayers and the liturgy, we've decided to include the whole service. It's about 35 minutes long. We hope that you can join us at some time during Lent on our Wednesday evening communion services every Wednesday in the month of March at 6.30 p.m., followed by our study at 7 p.m. The service is in the Ashland Avenue Chapel, and the study is in the parlor just adjacent to the parlor. If you find these services a blessing to you and you are able, we invite you to go to our website. To the bottom of the page, fpclg.org is an online giving portal. Please contribute as you are able and know that no amount is too small just to let us know with that gift that you're being blessed by these recorded services. Let us join our Ash Wednesday worship service already in progress. Bless you.
Welcome to the service for the imposition of ashes to begin the season of Lent. We'll be going right through the program without any announcements or introductions to each piece when there is an asterisk. Please stand in spirit, and if your body can join you, make that possible. I'll let you know when to be seated. At the conclusion of the service, if you would like to make a gift to the work of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange, there is an offering plate on the kiosk in the narthex. Um, that's the welcome table in the back uh, foyer when you come in. Um, and uh, also, there are um, brochures for the upcoming study series that will be every Wednesday night in the month of March. Lent works out very neatly that way. All of the Wednesdays in Lent are in the same month. And uh, we'll have a 6.30 service of communion in the Ashland Chapel, followed by uh, an hour or so study of Scripture and of uh, various dimensions of Jesus' life in which he got extremely annoyed for a series called What Annoyed Jesus? And uh, those will then conclude on the week before Holy Week when we will celebrate on that Sunday, Palm Sunday, and then the services of Holy Week to follow with the celebration of Easter on the second Sunday of the month of April. Please stand together as we sing. Join with me in prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Shout out! Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. 
Announce to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They want God on their side. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. You fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today, I will not make your voice heard on hall. Hi. As such, the fast that I choose, a day to humble one's self, is it to bow down your head like a bulrush or to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice? To undo the straps of the yoke? To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into your house? Will you see the naked to cover them? And not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn. And your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and He will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in darkness, your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The Word of the Lord.
From the Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, don't yet let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that the alms may be done in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go to your room. Shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, don't look somber like the hypocrites for they mark their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. When you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others but by your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up treasures on earth where moss and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also the gospel of the Lord. There was something disturbingly amusing about a $42,000 Jeff Koons sculpture smashing into hundreds of pieces on a gallery floor at an art fair in Miami. It was not the destructive work of vandals or some politically charged performance art by animal rights activists, no. A lady was intrigued by the buoyant, bright blue porcelain shaped into a balloon dog, the kind of a clown would shape at a children's birthday party. She tapped it to see if it was a balloon or something else. Well... One moment later, she found out, indeed, it was fragile. It was definitely porcelain. 
You may remember that in 2013, a 10 foot by 12 foot by 4 foot Coons Orange Bloon Dog auctioned at Christie's at a record holding $58.4 million. That first set of balloon animals were mirror-polished stainless steel with a thin clear coat to give them a gloss. Knowing that, one might slightly forgive the curious art critic for checking to see if the construction of the material was the same of the much smaller blue balloon doggy. Don't fret. Coons has made 799 of the porcelain versions and on that Thursday, February 16th, 798 of them suddenly became more valuable. Curiously, smashed version there on the floor of the gallery captured the attention of art dealer and aficionado. Ignoring all of the other sculptures and paintings for a time, suddenly the broken one was the most popular piece in the entire show until the gallery owner went and got a dustpan and a broom and began to sweep it up. Art collector Sam Gamson immediately saw an opportunity. He's offered to buy the shards for an undisclosed amount. The gallery is still mulling over the decision. Yes, there are almost 800 remaining 16-inch Coons Bloon dogs but only one of them is broken. So, of course, the question is, how much is the value of something formally known as art? Things are fragile. So very fragile. When cancer moves into your home, you think a lot about that, about fragility, temporality, Mortality. There is that moment when life is perched, neatly nestled in its place, and then it gets tapped. Perhaps a check to see what it's made of. The tap isn't forceful. Still, things begin to fall. But there isn't a sudden crash. It, it tumbles in a breathtakingly slow motion descent Equally helpless to stop the descent, awkward hands flail to break the fall before the fall breaks. At one moment, things look good. They bring hope of that just-in-time reaction. Caught it early enough. But life's fragility and the world's uncompromisingly hard floors leave the outcome you might say, unpredictable. So grasp at it, you do. One moment is playful and resilient and luminescent as a balloon animal twisted into giggles at a children's fair. And the next, well, you just don't know. You just don't know. And so we're here on a Wednesday named for Ashes. In ancient kiln, unfired porcelain pieces were carefully arranged on shelves 
within the brick walls of the upper part of the kiln. Wood and coal was fired under the greenware in the bottom of the kiln, and grand billows would force oxygen into the blazing embers to build the heat to reach temperatures of over 1,600 degrees. Necessary to change the chemistry and the clay itself to make it hard, non-porous, beautiful. One day, maybe two, the fuel expended and reduced to ash, the art then, the delicate, graceful, solid, facilitated porcelain would be removed. It is the ash that we talk about today. The stuff that burns. That disintegrates. A reminder of the fuel that makes the rest of things possible. We remember our fleeting, consumable stuff of life. Perhaps ignited and glowing for the sake of some other cause. Perhaps burning for beauty, or creativity, an exhibition. But even those things, too, are quite fragile. A single tap, a curious nudge, and crash. Even that for which we gave our last extinguished flame can be destroyed. So why do we think of it? Why ponder the absence of intrinsic or eternal value? I pause before the beginning of spring and recall that at the end of it all we are nothing more than ashes to ashes, dust to dust, earth to earth. Perhaps Perhaps it is because an offer has been made for the shards and the ash of what we thought we were becoming. A bid has been offered for us. Each of us. For what we were formerly known as is given value. An offer that renders all of it all of us, priceless, through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Dear people of God, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection and became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence and fasting. The season of Lent provided for a time which the converts to the faith were preparing for holy baptism. It was also a time when those who, became, who, because of notorious sins, had been separated from the body of the faithful were reconciled through their penitence and forgiveness and restored to the fellowship of the church. Thereby, the whole congregation was put in mind of a message of pardon and absolution set forth in the gospel of our Savior and of the need which all Christians continually have to renew their repentance and their faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church 
to the observance of a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, self-denial, by the reading and meditating on God's holy word, and to make a right beginning of repentance. And as a mark of our mortal nature, let us kneel before our Lord in our hearts, our Redeemer, our Maker. Please stand. Join with me in the prayer of confession. Most holy and merciful Father, we confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own fault in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We've not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs that we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation. By the cross and the passion of your Son, our Lord.
All who wish to receive this sign of God's grace in the midst of our frailty are invited to come down the center aisle for the imposition of ashes. I've always had a special affection for the fact that they are imposed upon us, like death itself sometimes imposes it on our otherwise self-made plans. Please come forward and then return to your seat for silent meditation. Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desires not the death of sinners, but rather that they may turn from their wickedness and to live, has given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardons and absolves all those who truly repent and with sincere hearts believe this holy gospel. Therefore, we beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, those things that may please him which we do on this day, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come into his eternal joy through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. Peace of God descend upon you in this night. And may in the season to come you find reasons to know grace, love, fellowship. Amen.